want to hear about like um, why you stepped out on your own to start this business. What were the the core hungers that had you take this very bold action to step out of, I imagine, the corporate space and to start your own business? Um, just love to hear like what was the yeah the hunger that you had to be you know what did you want to be different in the world? Yeah. Um... I start. I stepped out initially to to go into sustainability consulting, but that was a while back, and that's not where I am necessarily right now. It's been an evolution, right? And um, and I've always been an entrepreneur and appreciated entrepreneurs. Wanted to be an entrepreneur. At least had that as a as a vision for who I am. Um, but like the 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 goal right now for sustainability mind you, The reason I I developed it. The reason I'm pushing it forward. The reason I'm so passionate about it, it is gets back to that aha moment that I had in 2017 when I was working for this is the uh, leadership development consulting company um, teaching you know facilitating business simulations was that leadership today was was not being talked about in sustainability in the consulting circles because I've been in the world of sustainability since you know basically 1994 you know um, with international conservation and development but you know morphing into corporate sustainability in the early 2000s but was not being talked about leadership was being mentioned in the, in the in the context of corporate leadership so who's the corporate leader you know whatever it might be mm. interface yeah. um, and likewise i was equally frustrated as as most people are and we're realizing today more and more that you know there's not enough action there's people that talk and talk and talk about what needs to be done and and we have the facts but why are we not changing why are we not make why why we should be dropping everything literally at this point i mean it's hard to say right with the complexities of today's systems and and how embedded they are in our lifestyles and li lives and business lives but like how do, why are we not just halting putting the brakes on and and, and doing everything we can to avoid catastrophe so th that there was that question lingering plus the frustration with the fact that i knew business leaders, you know, like who have so much power and influence, you know, why I knew that they were not, they weren't against sustainability, but why were they not more aligned with it and doing more about it in their, in their organization? Yeah. So what I hear, so there's three lenses of hunger that I, we often play with when we're talking about um, uh, launching a bigger game. And that the three lenses are that one of the three I hear is no, not that that's not okay with me. So what's not okay with you that I hear is it's not okay that leaders aren't taking like that are, they aren't active, activated around sustainability. They aren't taking action. Um, um, sustainability is not part of leadership curriculums. Um, and leaders are, it's like they're two different worlds, um, almost. That's what I'm hearing, yeah. and that that's not okay. That that leaders, in your view, should be taking the lead on sustainability. They should know about sustainability. It needs to be core, a core competency, is what I, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, no, not that. No, not you know the separation between leadership and sustainability. Um, the another you know. Another lens is what what's missing? Like, what did you see that was missing in the world that maybe you could bring? 
Yeah, that 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 was the the leadership, the human side of sustainability that's been neglected, and and I said it, I've been spinning in these circles on LinkedIn and through conferences, and you know, speaking to many many different people um, through my own career and getting their advice for things, and, and talking to them about it, constantly asking why is why is this not being taken more to the human side? There's a lot of technical solutions that we have in sustainability and strategic advice to give. And we have all the answers that we need and we have all the technical solutions that we need. And so there was that sort of confluence of all these different things that I suddenly said, okay, what's missing is leadership. We need to be focusing on, on developing leaders for their, as you said, core competencies, capacities to, to lead in that way. And, but then I, you know, then the big question became, well, why, you know, how, how do we do that? And at the same time, why is that not happening already? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. So I, I see like one sphere, one one world that you swim, have been swimming in for so long is the sustainability world. And in the sustainability world, there's all these, you know, technology initiatives and, and change initiatives around technology and process and efficiencies and, and efficiency and all of that. And um, and on that side, nobody's talking about the human side, um, the human system element of change. Other than engagement, it was more like, you know, frontline employees, like how do we engage them around the mission of the company? But that's just more like one way, like we want to make sure they're aware. It was an awareness initiative, but not so much about creating culture. Not right. So the, the sustainability culture, the sustainability mindset, you just didn't see anybody cultivating that inside of entire organizations. Mm -hmm. as, yeah. Not enough anyway. Yeah. Not enough. So more of that where you did see it and like maybe, you know, it is like a core uh, cultural element of Patagonia it is a core culture. So in the companies that were actually doing these things, it was integrated into their entire way of being into their purpose statement in those days, right? You know, um, somebody at the top seemed to have a Shangri-La moment <laughs> um, and suddenly they found a way to transform the company culture into a into a sustainability um, focused culture. Yeah, it's hard to find them really. I mean, even, um, I don't know if we're going to be using this or not publicly, but like, you know, a big carpet company who I reached out to the, to one of their HR folks, more senior and said, you know, I'd love to talk to you about how you're working with your uh, sustainability teams, HR and sustainability hand in hand, trying to achieve things like, you know, not just employee engagement, but culture and leadership development and human capacity dimension, human dimension to, to lead the organization forward. And he said, we're, it's, you know, we're, we're sort of working on it. We're not quite there yet. And so I didn't see a lot of that. I see a lot of engagement activities, again, that are behavior change related. And we did a lot at TD Bank when I was there, you know, like, how do we help employees understand the importance of turning lights off when, when they're not in the room, unless we had automated systems or printing double-sided if they had to print at all or not printing because um, paper and energy were two of our big goals, but that's behavior-based but it doesn't get to the heart of, of, of how to change someone fundamentally at a deeper level so that they're doing it on their own accord. They're not just doing it because they want to feel like they're a part of a bigger initiative or, or, or you know, doing the right thing or those kinds of things. Like I want people to act on their own accord. And similarly, more importantly, leadership. How do we get leaders thinking about how, are we, how, do, how do we look at an organization and think and act and make decisions that are that are aligned with our sustainability goals and strategies and not thinking that that's someone else's job. Yeah, yeah. So 
you know, you're also swimming in the, the traditional corporation space of profit-driven, goal-driven, and there's no, sustainability is not in, not uh, at the same level in terms of decision-making. It's not, it's not deemed as important. So finding a way to in increase this awareness, this triple bottom line mindset, you know, people, profit, and planet. Um, you have this hunger to bake this into leadership programs, partnerships between HR and the sustainability folks. I guess that's what I'm, I'm hearing as your, was your hunger. Yeah. I mean, that was, the, that was the goal. Right. But then again, I asked myself, like, it, you can't just sell that necessarily and say, Hey, we want to bake that in. I think where the, the, the aha moment that I had, the epiphany I had was when I was working for that leadership development consulting company, you know, I suddenly realized that, um, the reason why it wasn't being talked about and wasn't being implemented in organizations is because, um, you know, I, I have the luxury of 25 years in this industry and, and having that worldview, that perspective, even growing up living in Europe for five years when I was a kid from the age seven till I was 12, I lived in Europe and I got to see the world from a whole new perspective. And so I, how can I, and any, and all of us in the consulting business and even big management consulting companies expect these other business leaders and businesses themselves to, to like say, Oh yeah, I totally get it. You know, <laughs> like, sure. I see, I see through the, it's like, they can't see through the lens that I have. And so that's, you know, an overused term, but I, I, they, they lacked a lens of sustainability. And that was the big epiphany I had. I said, okay, now I have compassion for these leaders instead of being frustrated with them. Yeah. because they're greedy or they don't care because I knew that these values were aligned around sustainability. I knew that their intentions were there. And it's the same thing that's going on with conference of parties, 26 cop 26, that just happened, you know, this year, they're like, we need to act now. We have to, it's crisis. We have to act. And I keep these languages kids continues to be used act now, do it now, you know, you know, change. And right. you can't just like, we know we can't teach leadership. You can't just say change to somebody. <laughs> You know, yeah. you have to help them see. Exactly, exactly. And I can so relate to everything that you're saying, just, you know, FYI, you know, um, I was working on large systems change initiatives at IBM, at, at um, Schneider Electric, um, and so let's say in the IBM days, um, and they were around delivering, you know, innovation solutions to our clients. Um, and we have a, had a very strong internal ESG group. Um, and there were a lot of good things happening inside of our internal operations, but we were not taking a position in 2006 um, and standing on stages talking about sustainability and the environment um, unless it was in this very narrow crowd. And so um, I began to get engaged and, and found out, luckily, you know, there was a, a something called the Green Army that, that sort of blossomed out of uh, an innovation jam event, an ideation innovation jam that IBM held globally for all employees. Mm -hmm. And they had a topic on um, energy and environment that, and so all of the people that cared about that, of course, we were in this threaded discussion about environment and green and and, a, and something called the Big Green Innovation Team got launched out of that and funded out of that. So that was pretty cool. Um, but it came from uh, the change catalysts who already had it in their mindset and in their heart. They found each other. So imagine, it's almost like there were all these 
you know, um, these organisms out there that wanted the same thing inside of the big organization, the corporate, mm -hmm. you know, the corporate system, but we didn't know about each other. And so this event gave us a way to find each other. And we became a, we became sort of an internal, you know, um, subsystem, like almost skunk work started to uh, yeah. come from this green army. And because we, we found each other and we had, you know, there were cells of activity, um, yeah. And, and luckily the corporate strategy team was smart enough. One of the guys on the, they were smart enough to actually use us in that way. Mm. They're like, we have this volunteer army of IBMers that care about this. Let's put them to work. Yeah. So that Brilliant. was cool. Yeah. And yeah. And it kept you, you know, I mean, that's the most important step right there is to have you not just be spinning in your own sort of little inner circle of people that say the same thing and think like you do. And you're like, yay, we're so green. And you can come up with the innovative ideas that don't get implemented, but actually like having the chance to, to, to participate in the formation of a formulation of a, of a project or, a, or, you know, an initiative or a goal or, or, you know, whatever it might be for the organization. I've, I've seen a lot of these like employee resource groups over the years. We had our own green teams. We had a green network that was through the IBM connections that we used internally. We had, you know, this 2000 people out of 25,000 that were like, you know, call them diehard green people, right? Our green ambassadors. But even then, a lot of the initiatives I've seen at other organizations are still they're they're like one way. They're you know they're like, here's what our mission is, here's our goals, here's how you can change some behaviors, and and they 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 you know it's important for employee engagement and sense of purpose, as you know, to like give people a, a an outlet, a venue to come together and share ideas and thoughts and fears and concerns. But that's about as deep as it goes, oftentimes, you know. And I see so little like data on statistics on like how, how are your your people thinking about sustainability i want to see that in the annual reports you know it might say we have this many green teams or this many hours of volunteer this many number of volunteers you know but what's their level measure their level of pride you know in in the organization that's what we started doing that was sort of some innovative work back then how do we measure pride in in the in the organization's uh green works and and how do we measure more things like ideas that are you know like innovation sort of percolating up yeah, because I'm curious, like uh, what I hear is that even though there were these green teams and there were these objectives and there was education going on and sort of uh, what I hear is that there was still something really missing for you. Like what, what is, what is that thing that was missing? Well, and that was, that was, that was the jump for me from engagement, employee engagement to leadership development. Okay. And I tinkered with it at TD Bank. Um, I came up, I designed a curriculum to like have leaders go through that wanted to become leaders in their organization. Um, green, essentially like leader of green leaders, you know, green team leader, of, leader of the green teams um, that were tapped by their, their senior executive. And we could communicate out to them and down their organization, have them sort of be the own, own the, the green initiatives in their organization and try to be in two-way communication too, to find out how it's going and where the gaps are and where we can is it, does it need more communication? Does it need more activities for them to do or what it is? But even then, you know, and so that in that leadership program had like levels to, you know, you need certain amount of awareness, you need certain amount of volunteer hours, you need certain amount of, you know, sort of uh, um, collective, uh, you know, clout from your whatever uh, support from your, your, your employee, your, your teams. But again, it was um, what, what what concerned me was that this was still being seen as as a as a, as a, a value, a sort of a, a you know I hate to use the term because we use it too much, but a bolt on you know value yeah. or bolt on initiative of the organization. Or, 
but leaders were not, they, and they saw it as a separate compartment of their brain, right. you know, kind of like it's this fun, connected values side, you know, but like we need it to be part That's of great. how they make decisions so that as they're thinking about, you know, who to pick for, you know, because their decisions, you know, like can last three, five, 10 years takes to see the impacts of those decisions, the results. So leaders making decisions today, even if the organization is moving quickly to become a green organization, they've got the goals and strategies and everything there and stuff seeing, you know, they're, they're getting high kudos, you know, A plus and all the indexes and ratings. Leaders are still making decisions based on old outdated paradigm thinking and, you know, like profit oh. sort of mentality. So, so you wanted to, so what I hear was missing is that um, it wasn't fully integrated into everyone's job. Yeah. Like sustainability is everyone's job and there's a way a sustainability, but not like a job description, but more no, like a way of thinking. Yeah. Part of how yeah. we, a way of being, a way of being. So how do you create this sustainability way of being this? You, you've called it mind shift. And, and, and we know that it's not just thinking, you know, it's really like, Heart uh, shift too. but it's integrated into the way that we, make decisions every decision has we can see through a sustainability lens so it's really a mindset shift i i, I can see why you call it that um so i hear it so i so your compelling purpose became or is then to find a way to um bring this worldview in a way it's a worldview into yeah. uh companies to mm -hmm. to um to create processes and programs and um, that would help integrate sustainability into the core leadership programs, the core operational mindset, all of it. Yeah. And, and so it doesn't have to be anything new too. And that, that was a, a nice discovery too. That's, you know, cause companies are buying leadership development programs and, and all the, you know, designs, you know, it's a lot of money, but it, you know, my, my perspective is a lot of times it just takes a, a lens, you know, again, not to overuse that, but, Let's put a lens on on the training programs you, you already have, you know, the ones that are already working, because you can still teach leadership, you can teach all the important things like emotional intelligence, things that companies are starting to focus on today. But as you're using examples, as you're talking, as you're creating the discussions around it, as you're as you're creating the learning moments for these people, for these leaders, and um, that you're using examples and contexts that are putting people's perspective that are shifting their perspective you know that they understand their role their team's role their business role in, in society and the environment and the planet so that in the as they're learning they're not only learning about what your objectives are to teach them about better leadership but they're also learning what does leadership look like in this new future yeah okay yeah, yeah. so it's a lens in my mind it's just it's tweaking the, the stuff they have sometimes you have to bring new stuff in that they don't have mm -hmm. um, but mostly tweaking so and then that your why your deep 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 why is any of this even important why? yeah my god i mean because because again the time we don't have time and that was that was one of the big aha moments i had too is you know, i mean we've known that you know no we don't have time but increasingly especially in the last two or three years since we've gotten these ipcc reports that have said we're running out of time i mean we have till 2030 according to scientists if that and so that's, again, I'm like, wow, we don't have the time to have this organically percolate up through the organization from these, this base, solid base of green employees or who, or who are going to grow up through the organization in 10 or 15 years and have all the leadership positions and make the right decisions. We have to, especially that mud layer, you know, the layer that, that, that is, you know, caught between the, their employee base and their the top down, usually managing director level 
whatever. And there it's a, it's a, you know, they're dealing with things like time management and performance, you know, stuff and human, they're dealing with humanness, ugliness of their teams and yeah. all this, like they don't have time to even think about sustainability. They're like, don't give me one more thing to think about, believe me. But that's where it's like, no, you, you, you need to think about it. And I'm not asking you to think about something different. I'm asking you to think about it just through a new lens. It's just like, cheek, boo. <laughs> Right, you know, rose-colored glasses suddenly. Wow, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like, so really challenging. So, and it's important to you because, and why you? Like, why is it your compelling purpose? Why are you uniquely the? Like, why do you feel like it's your role to go and, mm. and catalyze this? Yeah, it's a personal. It's a personal calling that I've had for. That's why I've been in this sustainability space. I think for a long time. I care passionately about the world. Um, you know, I have two boys. I care passionately about their future sad uh, you know I, I, I quite frankly i'm pessimistic yeah. honestly uh about our situation and the possibility there's so much to change so many big systems to change it's almost impossible it seems inconceivable but you know i'm gonna go down swinging so i may as well yeah. fight my hardest to like make it happen and i think this is the fastest way that i literally believe that's why i've, I've honed in it's like sustainability consulting leadership development sustainable mind shift like if we can start there mm. and start in the inner journey and help leaders grasp this stuff and and then you know then everything else starts to fall in line i think their decisions cause culture to happen their culture causes the organization you know to shift at a faster bigger scale and then businesses oh. working together can you know scale their industry yeah so what i hear is your compelling purpose is accelerate like accelerate find the acupressure point of and accelerate the sustainability shift through the mindset of leaders hmm. Yeah, well put. Like that. Yeah. And then the bigger game you're playing right now, like the thing that you're doing in the next 12 to 18 months to make that happen, is there a theme? Is there a, I'm launching XYZ by such and such a time? Or, I mean, I, I know you're making a lot of bold actions. Um, maybe you're launching this business is your bigger game. I'm launching a profitable sustainability mind shift business, a sustainable a financially sustainable business yeah. in order so that I can make this my full-time uh, gig. So I can do more of this and train others to do it with me. I mean, is it that kind of yeah. your bigger game right now? Yeah. I think the biggest game right now is just to, is to raise awareness, which is why I, I started writing a book and then realized, um, you know, I'd rather just go with a podcast and I mean, I'm not the expert. This is not, I'm just a, a pass through. Mm. <laughs> yeah, and I'm a connector, you know, like, oh, yeah, ideas and thoughts. And mm -hmm. so the, the, the podcast vodcast is a way for me to interview these specialists that I've identified through my research and found the real thought leaders in their spaces. And there's a lot of spaces coming together that are needed in this right in this transition. So like systems thinking, and cognitive behavioral science, you know, and, um, and, and sustainability, of course, the acumen climate science, all the sciences that have already been there in that space, but bringing in those the human and change management systems approaches um, and there's a lot of great thinkers out there that are you know some of them are well known but many of them are not well known in even you know i finding in the circles that i that i have around me so clearly I, they need help getting word out there like otto Sharmer and this guy giles hutchins who i interviewed and michelle yeah. holiday so how do i um you know the podcast is a way to to shine a spotlight on them mm -hmm. and in the process of of interviewing them i'm learning a lot about what is needed and what's necessary or what's or what am i overthinking or what is not necessary let's just say or you know for yeah. this process yeah, yeah. so what There's i a hear bigger game just to answer the question yeah. too sorry i didn't really answer but is to is to then get inside i'd love to be a you know a, a, as i've been in on this just 
general sustainability space. I, I want to be inside organizations, corporations specifically, ideally larger ones that are harder to move because I think they're the ones with owning the capital, lion's share of the capital and managing capital around the world, all the capitals. And so how do I help them who are like, especially the ones that are saying, we know we need to go in this direction and we just yep. can't quite get our organization to shift. We can't get people's behaviors to change. We don't have the cultures not happening. How do we make it happen faster? Because we know we need to. Uh, and with all this other stuff going on, and so I can say, let's let's do that. Let's figure it out. Let's get HR and sustainability at the same table talking about it and shared objectives. And let's identify those key leverage points across the organization at whatever leadership level that can be the catalyst for change uh, or the, the the fulcrum points, as we used to call them in my, my old inside experience job. Um, and then figure out the programs and design the programs or overlay that lens of sustainability for those leaders to then get those learning objectives that we want, which is primarily a mind shift, but also skills development that, you know, whatever that might be for that organization. Yeah. Start there. And then, you know, we, you can help train more broadly in the front lines and employee around culture stuff and, you know, kind of short take stuff. And um, yeah. so there's a, you know. I hear it. I hear it. So it's to, I mean, the outcome, is, you know, I can see here your client is, are these the companies that know they need to change and they know that it's more than technology and process and they know there's something missing in that they need to build into their culture and their operations. Um, you want to go in and co-create, um, um, like survey the system and help to create a systems level change with them. Yeah. Almost like a, like a, you know, you're going to go in like a chiropractor or an acupuncturist and you're going to, you're going to look for the, 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 the littlest things that you can do that could make the most difference. Mm. Yep. Interesting. Great. So, um, mm, yeah. So what, what, is, <laughs> what are the biggest, um, gulps you've had along the way? What are the things where you've said, oh my God, you know, how am I ever going to do that? You know, uh, and what, what are some of the biggest challenges you've had to overcome in the last, let's say 12 to 18 months? Mm. It's a great question. Um, Cause I, <laughs> as we were just talking with the Enneagram, you know, and like being a seven and just always moving forward um, or trying to move forward. And, and so I tend to those speed bumps just quickly, you know, it's like, boom, like, what was that? I don't know. Keep going. <laughs> but uh, like, I don't have brain space to think about it um, and, and dwell on it. But, but you know, no, it's important to learn from from mistakes or, or challenges. And I think, I mean, the biggest challenges I think I've run into are just myself getting out of my own way. You know, like um, with all this, you know, as I feel like I, I, I have this vision that I, I see what I think is needed. Mm hmm. And I'm getting a lot of confirmation from all these experts I'm interviewing and people I'm talking to about my podcast and people that are liking the podcast that it, it's needed. And again, not me, it's, I'm not the expert, but like this whole movement, if you want to call it that, but like, just, just, you know, I've got kids and life and, you know, um, trying to manage all that stuff simultaneously and not having enough time in the day and, um, and, and finding the right sort of whatever that, thing is that um that i can because a lot of people want to buy frameworks you know they want to buy like people ask me that too like what is a sustainability mindset i'm like well it's not really a thing it's kind of a direction you know so so how do you how do you how do you, you package it in a way is what i'm hearing yeah how, how do you boil it down package it up in a in that in a way that it's easy for people easy enough for people to get the the first piece that that brings me in the door yeah. Something like that. Yeah. That's really, yeah. Well, and I had an epiphany recently that um, this is actually with my book author, who's an amazing man. Um, 
who, who I've been working with now for over a year, but I, I gave up for a year. <laughs> I put the book aside and I picked it up again. And, and I had this, you know, I wanted to, I saw this as more like a thesis, you know, and I wanted to like put all this stuff in it and like all like my explain my way of thinking and all this. And, and he, you know, finally the last meeting I had with him, which was only a couple of weeks ago, actually, he, he made me realize, you know, I mean, people, a lot of authors do that, you know, they want to create these big anthologies, but like people don't want to buy that and they don't want to read that. And so, and actually what, since my target is our leaders who I'm trying to change and say, you're not doing it right. You need to see through this lens. Like who's going to pick that up? You know, I'm just sitting there berating them. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the change, the shift that I had this epiphany with him, as he said, you know, like make it about the, the employees. Cause that if you were to talk about, you know, the hero's journey and say like, what's their challenge? What seeing through their, their eyes, they're saying my employees aren't engaged enough. You know, they, they how do I change their behavior? All this stuff. So make it about steps that leaders can use to engage employees and get that kind of, you know, that kind of momentum and energy behind sustainability and, and, sh- and helping the leader shift their employees' mindsets and the process of designing their own conversations with their employees and the tactics they use, they're going to be thinking about it. So it's going to be like a little kind of reverse psychology. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of like, uh, I think I understand like uh, Trojan horse in a way, like yeah. <laughs> yes. oh, we're going to help your employees get an, a sustainability mindset shift and, and become more engaged around it. And by the way, along the way, they get changed. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. like teachers, was it you that said, somebody said that to me recently, I said teachers, maybe it was somebody else. They said, I was a teacher once. No, that was somebody else I was talking to. They said, uh, yeah, I was a teacher once and teachers learn through teaching, you know, it's the same kind of thing. Yeah. Great. All right. Well, so I get get a feeling for what your your um, your bigger game is right now, and why you know why you're there. And um, are there any comfort zones that that you know sort of your ways of being and thinking that you've had to shift out of yourself in order to get to this place so far? Mm. Or are there any that you're in right now that you know you need to shift out of? Yeah, that's a great question. I had one of my biggest. Um, and it's interesting. I don't know where I evolved this way of thinking, probably in the banking world, because <laughs> it's so hyper competitive. Yeah. So competitive, you know, and, and, and I have actually plenty of stories, uh, funny stories about how that sort of my brain, my mindset shifted to that com- competitiveness. Um, and I've always, again, like I've, I've thought of myself as being somebody that's a bit of a thought leader. And I, I like being, I like thinking about, you know, the future of, as you know, the seven, as we've identified in the Enneagram, but like, I've also had this possessiveness to that, to my thinking and, 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 and fear based on experience. I've had a lot of people, I shouldn't say a lot, but I've had, I've been taken advantage of, I've, I've shared cause I'm a share generous, I give away a lot of stuff and people have taken ideas and use them or connections. And, and, um, and I've, I've, you know, I've had times where I'm like, God, I, should, I wish I had just capitalized on that. And there's a banking term, right? I wish I capitalized on that, leveraged that. And so I literally three or four years ago, when I first started thinking about this and designing that, that simulation, um, I, I was very protective of, and I was, I was cautious about how, how I shared and who I shared it with. Cause I knew I hadn't seen, I did a lot of research and I didn't see much. There's not much out there still. And so I was really cautious. And then I had this, I don't know what it was. It was at some point during my, uh, the last few years, couple of years, anyway, maybe it's more recently, it might've been a year ago. Anyway, I, I suddenly had this, it was a switch from a market of, and this is an important, actually sustainability uh, mind shift that needs to happen in training as well. Everywhere is that is that it's called the tragedy of the commons. You know, it's that scarcity mindset to market it to, to to abundant mindset. 
and 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 not having essentially not having a scarcity mindset. And so when you have scarcity mindset, you're protective and you you know hold on to ideas and innovation is not really you know uh, as 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 uh, abundant as possible. But I suddenly said, you know what, I, that my, my my urgency and the need for this kind of stuff um, to get it out there immediately was superseding any kind of like personal you know desire or goal or or uh, or, or you know my own reputation growing or my my you know. Um, my ability to make money on this thing. And so that's where, that's where the podcast sort of also shifted in gear. And I said, you know, I was like, I just have to, I have to just make more people aware of this fundamentally and get in there and just like, you know, I'll give away ideas. I mean, I don't care if there's a hundred companies that use my model that I just talked about, I mean, it's basic model, you know, for sustainability consulting, for mind shifting inside organizations. In fact, I've worked with three or four of them already yeah. who I've talked to about this idea and they've kind of gone on and taken pieces of it and they use their own ideas and they're, and they're doing it. And I don't, you know, usually I would be thinking, oh man, I shouldn't have given that. Like they're, they're, they beat me to the market. Right, <laughs> you know, that's right. A very, so letting go of the competitive, you know, yeah. uh, scarcity mindset in order to, uh, yeah, just trust that, put it out there and people- There's that- plenty, there's so much work that is needed and and it's necessary and so if somebody else beats me that's fine because it'll get done and that's my that's why i'm doing this fundamentally you know from, good for you yeah. well that seems like a, a a good note to uh end on for now um we've covered the comfort zones hunger compelling purpose name of your game a little bit of gulp um we didn't necessarily cover the investment square on the bottom um which you're clearly doing by creating a, a podcast um bringing people together um, the allies actually that you've you, that you're cultivating in your podcast guests and other collaborators. We haven't talked about those things, but you know we've talked about them in the past. And I know you're big in this ally square, even in terms of our alliance here. And then the uh, other fun foundational square, bigger game, is sustainability for yourself um, and for the game you're playing. Um, and so there are sometimes some bold actions you need to take there in terms of taking care of yourself keeping your energy up. I heard you though say that you took a, a break for a year on the book. And um, that was probably a personal sustainability decision. You know, you can't do it all at once. Yep. Yeah. And I've, I've been fortunate enough to, to have spent the, you know, the bulk of the past year focused on, on learning and growing and networking and, um, and building this, this, this concept. Um, you know, we, again, like I said, I've been lucky to be able to do that. And, and I haven't in, in the years past uh, i've always sort of i've started things and then had a little you know someone on my little devil on my shoulder like or angel whichever one you want to look at he's saying get a job you know you need to get back out there in the world and make money and you're, you're losing money right now or whatever it is and i've, I've taken right. the time because i know it's this important to invest in this in this time of, of reflection and and growth so you've taken a lot of bold action and investment because you're doing this um building this business sort of bootstrapping it and building these ideas. Um, yeah, so I can see the investment, I can see the, the allies, and I can see the, you know, taking su- some sustainability, some time for yourself. Um, and then create the, there's the, in the bigger game model, sustainability also stand, stands for how do you make sure that this game goes on without you if you're no longer mm-hmm. there? And one of the things that I hear you saying is that by doing these podcasts and sharing your ideas freely and abundantly, that you're actually okay with if other people pick this up and play this game, even if you're not part of it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you're really coming from a place of abundance. I'm going to bloom and then, you know, 
like the dandelions, you know, the blow away in the wind and plant seeds everywhere. I just feel like there's a dandelion, you know, heart that you're, you're sharing, um, oh. you know, like the dandelion seeds. So thanks. That's actually the brand logo of my other company, Seed Strategies, my, uh, my, cons my sustainability consulting company. Very interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, um, thanks, thanks, Brad, for Thank you. sharing your bigger game with us. Thanks for a great interview. Yeah. Now let's go and make it happen. <laughs>